Our next reading is of Matthew 11. Matthew 11. And this parable depicts a generation that cannot come to grips with either John or Jesus. And children that pipe happy songs and their friends refuse to dance. They play mournful tunes and their friends refuse to weep. And the friends are totally unresponsive. Matthew 11, 11 through 19. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John came. And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. Let let anyone with ears listen. But to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you didn't mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of the tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. title of my sermon is This Generation, This Generation. And the question for the morning is, what, what, what will be your response? Well, you know, what will be your response as you, you hear the word? And it's, it's the truth of Jesus' words are vindicated by miracles. In other words, they're, they're, they're shown to be worthy. They're set to rest is that by the miracles that occurred, Jesus' words have been vindicated. But, and, and, but both healing and transforming the lives of his followers. So the power of Jesus' words can be seen in how people are impacted by it, how they respond to it. Because not everybody is unresponsive. But the question first is, who is this generation at the time that he was writing this? And they're the Jews of Jesus' time. The Jews of Jesus' time who, who rejected both John the Baptist and Jesus. Jesus condemned their attitude. But no matter what John or Jesus said, they took the opposite view. You ever met people like that? Especially like we as parents. We've seen, we've seen our children do it to us. You know, We say something and they take the opposite. I get a lot of that at home. 
I just wait. I just wait for them to finish their point, and then I repeat myself. But there are people in life that just are always going to take the opposite side, just for the sake of argument. But, but these people that this generation that they're talking about, these are the, the, you know, the cynical, the skeptical. And Jesus challenged them, challenged them. And what it is, is, it, is these cynical and, and skeptical people, they typically were very comfortable people. You know, they're comfortable and secure and self-centered in their lives. To whom does Jesus liken these comfortable, secure, self-centered people? To children sitting in the marketplace. It's funny to picture this because we always we somehow and, and I don't I don't think I'm alone. It's easy to picture the Bible settings as just adults, just adults there on the street or gathered in the synagogue or down by the river getting baptized. But we forget that there were like kids everywhere, children everywhere, and they had to entertain themselves. Jesus, you know, didn't, there's no record of Jesus teaching Sunday school. You know, that Jesus and the adults did their own things. The kids were like wandering around. It was an interesting world back then because often they didn't bother to name the children for years because they might not live. It was a cold world. But you can picture, now if you picture the parents weren't playing games with their children and the children were left to just wander around, that yeah, they could be in the marketplace taunting each other. They still do that. But I like it that they sung a tune and nobody danced. They wept and nobody mourned. They just didn't respond. But he says, that's what this generation that's following me, that's hanging out with me, that's what they're like. No matter what I do. No matter what I do, they don't respond. It's like, it's like they don't care. The reason... The children, the, the imagery of the children is so important is that they are like us to Jesus. You know? We, we, we are the children in the marketplace. We are, me, you, we're all, I'm, I'm included too. John the Baptist came as a dirge or a funeral song. Telling people, repent or die. Jesus came along with no disrespect to my Lord. It was a party. He came along feeding people with a couple of loaves of bread and a fish. I want to hang around with that guy. Here's the guy that goes, hey, there's no wine. Jesus, do something. His mother said that to him. I did paraphrase it. Remember, he said, it is not my time, mother. He did it anyway. It's a party wherever Jesus went. He accepted everyone. John the Baptist was casting them all to hell. Nobody, nobody responded the way Jesus or John the Baptist expected. With this lack of response, there's a quote. That, or as a passage, we see that, that as I read it before, and now I'm scrambling for it, but I, it said that, yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. 
it's one thing for people to talk wisely, you know, give you, give you advice, but if they don't live by it, that's meaningless. There's a lot of people out there that will give you advice, but if you watch them long enough, they don't live to, by their own advice. Well, what this is saying is that wisdom, if it's true wisdom, will be cleared of any suspicion by the actions that follow. And the same can be said of John the Baptist. The same can be said of Jesus. It's that if you watch them and if you follow them and you see the impact they had then and now, see how lives are changed with the gospel, then you could say his truth has been vindicated, has been cleared of any suspicion. What is the best? What is the best? There's a fancy church word, apologetic. But what's the best way to set out a proof of a biblical truth. What's the best way? It's you. It's you. It's how you respond to the Scripture. It's how you respond to the Holy Spirit. You are the best proof of the truth of Jesus Christ. You are the best proof. Because in your actions will vindicate that truth. We will be known by our actions. Life's challenging. Life's pretty challenging. You know? But we choose. We choose. We make our choices. And then you have to own it. It's kind of like I told you at the beginning. I was out at the Ed Sheeran concert last night. It just went on and on and on. It, you know how long it takes to get out of the uh, Acrisure Stadium? I got home like about 12.30. I can't go to sleep. Not after, not after listening to that music and everything. I'm up till 2.30. Well, guess what? I made the choice to go to the show last night. That's my problem. So I'm here. The thing is that we make a lot of choices. Fun choices, choices in life. But it also speaks of us as to what's important, what is of value. So, as people watch you, as people watch me, it is how we respond to the truth of Jesus Christ that will speak volumes of that ministry. Those who fail to respond to God's messengers and Jesus' miracles face a judgment. But those who do respond to Christ as little children will find rest in Him. Let us pray. Dear Lord, dear Lord, help us. Help us in our response to You. Yes, we do respond. Yes, we're, we're gathered here. Yes, we, 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 we gathered around the Word and the music, and the fellowship, and the community, all that you have brought into fruition. But Lord, help us to go one step further. Help us to go further. That the community too will know we are Christians. As this song goes, by our love, by our love. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you.
Amen.